Welcome to Beautiful Imperfection. We are so happy you're here. In this podcast, we will discuss from week to week our identity in Christ. The beauty in our imperfection is Him. Let's get started. So in all of this, um, you know, I'm beginning to discover who God is and what he wants to do in my life. And I think that um, in our struggles, we just we rely on God so much that we come to receive that power that raised Christ from the dead becomes the power that's living inside of us. Right. We know that. And, um, during this time, it's where my prayer life was the strongest and not out of, uh, you know, my own (laughs) doing, but (laughs) out of my need, Mm -hmm. um, and my reliance on a savior. Um, and it's where I was healed. It's where the miracle happened for me. Uh, that, you know, that step three, turning my life, having a new director, God was the director of my life. Mm -hmm. Now, Shannon Timmy was no longer the director of Shannon's life. God was my director. And, And, um, you know, I just think to Matthew, when the spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness and he fasts for the 40 days and then he's tempted by the devil, um, it's there in the wilderness after that month and a half of fasting and prayer that Jesus was at the height of his spiritual powers. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, in our weakness, that is where the strength of, of God is revealed in our lives. And, um, you know, Jesus had the capacity to take on the devil there and win. And for me, obviously the devil tries to get into my life in many ways, Mm -hmm. but primarily it was alcohol at that time. And, um, but I win because Jesus won, right? you know, all the years I tried to get, you know, control my drinking or get sober on my own or whatever. It it was never going to be of my own strength. I just didn't know that. Right. And so, you know, I, I stayed in AA and I, you know, you go through many of you are probably familiar, you know, there's the making me amends. That's like the popular mm-hmm. thing of, yeah. that you think about when you think about people maybe in AA is that they make amends because alcoholism is a family disease. It affects everyone. It's and angry, it's, like people are angry all the time. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to tell them you're sorry. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. yeah. It's the hurt that you've caught the mm-hmm. lies. Mm-hmm. The lying is so bad. And, uh, you know, so I had to, I had to, first I had to take a moral inventory of myself, right. I had to confess everything that I had done, you know, not only to Jesus, but also to another person, because that's how AA, that's the step of AA. You mm-hmm. walk through your wrongs with another person so that you make sure you don't leave any stone unturned. Right. And then you humbly ask God to remove these shortcomings from you. And it doesn't mean that we're going to live a perfect life. Right. Just like when we get saved, it doesn't mean that we're going to live exactly. a perfect life. Right. right? When you right. get sober, it doesn't mean that you're going to live a perfect life. Mm-hmm. You just, um, you, you, you try uh, one day at a time to make the right choices because you have the power of choice back. That's the thing about alcoholism. I had lost the power of choice. I can remember standing over the sink one time with the drink and that's the moment, you know, it wasn't actually the consequences that made me realize I was alcoholic at first, mm-hmm. you know, they caught up to me. Of course it was, I stood over the sink with a drink one night and I wanted to pour it out so bad because I couldn't imagine to go on drinking like this mm-hmm. and ruining my life. I knew I was ruining my life, but I couldn't imagine going without the drink. Mm -hmm. What, what would life be like without, there is no life without this drink. And I stood there and I looked at it and I couldn't pour it out and I drank it and I passed out and I went on drinking, you know, but that night was, was pivotal, pivotal, whatever. Because it was pivotal. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you got it. I, I, listen, I understand that. I get so mixed up with words. Like, oh. Yes. Yeah. In my own mind, it was the switch. It was the first time I had admitted I was an alcoholic and I needed help, even though I didn't immediately get the help. Yeah. Yeah, I knew, Mm -hmm. I knew it. And so, you know, today, um, you know, I am a member of 
of this great church. I'm a member of the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, you know, I think AA needs Christians more than ever right. because the world, we see the world. I don't need to talk about what the world thinks and where it's going and moving away from God. Um, so are fellowships and organizations. They're mm -hmm. moving away from God and I see it. And, you know, if, if one person walks in and gets the message from me that includes Christ, that right. is more valuable than, you know, it's so hard. It's like, what came first for me? Like I went to AA and I found Jesus, but Jesus led me to AA. So, right. you know, what do I say? It's um, a part of it all. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is it's part of God's plan. That's right. Yeah. It definitely is. And I think, um, you know, part of the gift is being able to trace God's faithful hand in my life. It's much easier to do that when I'm facing struggles today. I can look back at, at his faithful hand and, and what he's brought me through instead of me sitting there and trying to predict the future. Um, you know, and like I said, it's not that my life got perfect, but my life got good. Mm -hmm. Um, I got, I, I, I was still bartending and I hated that. I hated that I was yeah. sober and bartending. Um, I think God's protect, protection was over me so much during those five years of first five years of sobriety that I bartended. So I don't recommend it, but it was just how what it was and God yeah. protected me. And I stayed in AA and I went to meetings and I, I did all the things I needed to do. And Jim had walked me through the 12 steps. And I told God one day, I'm, I want you to use me. If, if you, if it is in your plan for me to stay bartending, then you put people up at this bar that need to hear the gospel. Mm -hmm. And that was how I started working. And, um, and I did that for a long time. And then COVID happened mm -hmm. and, uh, I started teaching English online to children in China because I had this degree in elementary education. Yeah. And I had also started my own personal training business and very into fitness during this like time. Um, I had started that in about 2018. It wasn't enough to go full-time. So I part-time bartended, part-time did the fitness thing. And then 2020, I didn't want people in my house and that's where my gym was. And yeah. I couldn't bartend anymore for a time. All the restaurants closed down and God just did for me what I could not do for myself because I would have never left bartending. It was good money. It was easy. I, I mean, I won't say I loved it, but you know, it, it was just what I knew. It was what I had done for so long. And so then, um, he combined my passion for fitness and, um, and kids and my degree in elementary education. And I started my own business teaching online children's fitness classes. And, you know, here we are three years later and that's why I do full time from home, uh, virtual fitness classes for kids. So fun. Oh, and that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's like, God just brought it full circle. Can I like, be a kid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun. Uh, so I'm so blessed. And, um, you know, so I, I, I have the job, I have the home, I have, you know, God restored all of these things that I had given up for the drink. You know, I can't say that I lost them or they were taken away from me. I gave them up right. because I wanted to drink more than I wanted anything else. I didn't care if I had a roof over my head as long as I had a bottle of vodka under my pillow, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, this part, Just, Jim became my boyfriend. <laughs> uh, they, not supposed to happen. That's why women work with women in AA yeah. and men work with men so that that doesn't happen, I guess. But I leave the plans to God and I just follow. So, um, we've been together. I'll be sober nine years in a couple of weeks this July, and we'll have been together nine years in November. So uh, I'm very grateful for that. Um, he's, you know, he led me to Jesus. What can I say? I mean, wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my family relationships have been restored. Um, you know, cause the triplets gave up on me too, for a while. I mean, they didn't give up, but they didn't want to part in that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, those relationships have been healed. Um, you know, there's still addiction and alcoholism in my immediate family and it's hard. Uh, but you know, I know that there's hope. Um, I've got friends today. 
I have two puppies that I love. Um, I have my license. I have a car. I pay a hundred dollars a month for car insurance. Yeah. I mean, y'all, when I first got my license back, I paid $699 a month, a sure. month just for I'm insurance. Sure. Yes. It was, you know, it was bad. Uh, I, I have the opportunity to help others. I have the opportunity to, to share God's story in my life. You know, I, sometimes I do say my story or my testimony, but in the end it's really, it's, it's God's glory. It's God's story in my life. Right. That's all it is. It's not my story in God's life. It's God's story in my life. And, um, beyond all of that, all of those things I just said, right. The home, the relationship, all of that. I have peace. I have serenity. Mm -hmm. I have trust. I mean, John 13, seven, I trust you, Lord. I don't know what you're doing sometimes, but I trust you. Um, you know, the blessings that sobriety has given me that God has given me in sobriety. Um, you know, and, and it's always my first priority. There are lines I won't cross today. There are parties I won't go to. Mm -hmm. There are people that I have to love from a distance because my sobriety is my number one priority. I am not going to put it in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, like I don't want to go back to that. Yeah, Yeah. I always have a plan. We're going on a beach retreat. I have a plan, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's not going to be alcohol. I'm not saying that, but it's just ingrained in me from all these years that I have a plan, whether that's driving myself to events, whether it's, you know, you always have the exit plan. If you feel uncomfortable, Shannon, because alcoholism is, it's peculiar. You can have a drink and it doesn't affect you the way it affects me. If we all shot up heroin today around this table, we would all become addicts. If we all sat here and had a beer today, we might not all become alcoholics. It's peculiar. Only mm-hmm. some people become alcoholic, you know? So alcoholism is peculiar in that sense compared to addiction. I mean, it's all just a mess and up, you know, whatever, but, um, you know, so I do just you have, do you have, um, you see the pain within the purpose though, like where God has now given you an opportunity to share your story with others. And I, I know this only because I've seen it in our small group. Um, Shannon is a part of my, uh, ladies small group here at cross life church and her sharing just even a smidget of her story has changed dramatically. A few ladies in our class, just to be able to open up to not only have the opportunity to know that they are, they are, it's common. There's commonalities of issues that happen in people's life, but the redemption of it mm-hmm. and then the opportunity to share. Um, she's just, uh, have you, do you have a story that you could share just a little bit about just where the pain is with, you know, the purpose? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, when I was 20, I was 27 when I was, well, I started trying to get sober about 25, but I was 27 when I got sober and I just felt too young. I felt like, mm-hmm. you know, this is, I'm too young. All these people in AA are old and you find out they're not. Um, or you find out they got sober when they were 27 and now that's why they're so old. (laughs) But, um, this is actually from our Elijah study. What a great segue. Um, the shadow that we're under might be the shield. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think about like, it seemed like, you know, this terrible time in my life and like, you know, why, why was that my struggle? God, I mean, I can remember thinking that in, in the early years, but, um, it's, it's given me the opportunity to come face to face with so many women over the years that I've sponsored, that I've led through the 12 steps that, that God has enabled me to do that. Um, we each have a unique, unique story. And I always think that back to like, I, I am so uniquely qualified to mm-hmm. help another alcoholic. And the right. only way that I could have been uniquely qualified was you went through that. not through school, not through, <laughs> yeah. you know, training was through 
the depths of hell that alcoholism took me to. I mean, that that's, that's the pain and the, that's the purpose in the pain is to carry the message. Right. Um, you know, and along with that, you know, is the opportunity to carry the gospel, which is an even more important message than the message of sobriety. I mean, the, the thing about it is, is that if you're sitting face to face with someone who's struggling with not being able to go a day without a drink or whatever it is, they have to remove the alcohol to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can share it, but yeah. You know, it's and, like, and they have to know that you've been there. So you, they can't trick you into <laughs> thinking something different. Yeah. Right. And so God's given you a platform through that, you know, and loved you so much that he didn't leave you there so that, and now that you're giving him the glory and you're able to share that, it's going to, it's so important because if you hadn't have been through that and you're trying to tell somebody that they just don't listen as much, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like, yeah, but. I mean, you don't I'm sure understand. you felt that way. Say you yeah. don't understand. Yeah, you right. don't understand. I'm in a different place. And and people will use those excuses, not just for alcoholism, but for every area of their lives. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a way that they they say, oh, yeah, it's different today. Or you didn't go through this the way I went through this. Or you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's kind of this excuse or something that people give themselves to get out of an issue because they really don't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. God brought you to such a place that he's the only way you could have dealt with it. And that's out of his love for you. And if we could all see that in our own lives, the love that he has for us, no matter where we are, no matter what's happened in our life and how he uses that as a platform to glorify himself in showing others that they too can have that love. And not that it takes away all of our problems. It doesn't, but we have a place to go with them and we have strength to go through them that we didn't have before. And so that's the importance of not using everything as an excuse to say, Oh, well, you don't understand where I am or my situation is different from your situation, but Hey, wait a minute. You know, I've gone through this that can apply to any situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, that just goes back to the problem doesn't matter. The solution's the same. Right. You're right. And I think the other, um, the other purpose that I've seen personally, um, you know, because of course helping others, you know, the great commission, of course, but, um, you know, I know today that my quiet time with God is not like some legalistic practice. My quiet time with God is honestly the best part of my day, time to breathe, time to rest. Um, It's where we hear from God. Mm-hmm. It's where we hear a word from God that might change our future. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where I feel my mind settle, um, you know, cause I had a lot of anxiety and depression and when the alcohol was removed and it was replaced with God's grace that left too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, sure. My mind still can ricochet from thought to thought, but I know that, you know, God is at the center of it all today. And, uh, that quiet time is time with my creator. Uh, it's where the answers to my problems are revealed to me. It's where I come to know my heart's desires and I can align with God's will. And it's where I'm free. Mm-hmm. And that's alcoholism gave me freedom. Alcoholism gave me eternal life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Would I have come to know Christ as my personal savior? Had I not been alcoholic? I don't no, know. Maybe yeah. there would have been another path and another and another plan, but I'm so grateful for this one. I mean, I used to sit in the rooms of AA and hear people say I'm a grateful recovering alcoholic and I would 
like, think what? to myself, like, I'm never saying that. <laughs> I might get sober and get my life back together, but I'm never going to be grateful for this, but I'm grateful for it. I am. I am. And, um, you know, I'll just close with this. Um, you know, I've had a, a, a physical illness come into my life over the past year and a half. And I thought that getting sober would be the hardest thing I would ever go through. And I'm not so sure anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been very hard, but I do know that God is not going to put us whatever situation you are in right now. God will not compromise your effectiveness to serve him. He will not prevent you from using your spiritual gifts that he's given to each of us, he will not prevent us from using those because that would be contrary to God's nature. Mm -hmm. And being here today and being able to share God's story in my life is just proof of that. And I'm so humbled that I've shared this time with you both today. Um, I wish everyone listening could just be sitting around this table with us and I could just hug them. Yeah, because I know there's so many hurting people, you know, whatever the struggle is, I wish I could just Mm -hmm. hug everyone. And um, I just, I... I opened us in scripture. So I think that I I would like to close that way. Um, I just encourage everyone, whatever it is, bundle all your hope into Jesus bundle all of, because if you put your hope for me recently, if I can't put my hope in medicine, I can't put Mm -hmm. my hope in a doctor, you know, if it's addiction, you can't put your hope in the counselor. You can't, you can't even put your, I couldn't put my hope in Jim and the sponsor, you know, you can't put your hope in that stuff. You have to put your hope in Jesus. And, um, so I would just, uh, say Philippians three, 12 to 14. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have made it, but I am well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wonderf- wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. And I would just say that spiritual maturity is loving God and loving people in a transformed life. It's not perfectionism. It is about a relationship. Mm-hmm. If I can leave any word on this table today, it is about a relationship. That is how I got sober. Amen. 12 steps are not meant to get you sober. The 12 steps are meant so that you can find yeah, a relationship, relationship with, with Christ. Jesus. Yes. Right. And, um, you know, today is a passionate pursuit of Jesus and becoming like him. And will I get it in this life? Will I get spiritual maturity? No, but I am going to run the race till the end and right. I'm going to run it sober. Right. Amen. Amen. That is amazing. And, you know, it come, you came to the realization that loving, that God loving you and you loving him was more important than anything else. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we have to come to a realization about in our life. God loves us. And when we put him before everything else, he does fix things. Not, I mean, he makes things good. Doesn't make them where we don't have the problems anymore necessarily, but he gives us what we need to work through that. And we can only do that with him. So thank you so much for coming and for sharing. And it's just been such an uplifting day, an encouraging day, a day that I hope that everyone who's listening can take into account for themselves mm-hmm. and put God where he needs to be as number one. And it is all about a relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can say it all day long, but it's not about a religion. It's not about any kind of step, 12 step, any kind of program. It's all about a relationship to Christ. Mm-hmm. So if you stay on this podcast, we tell you how you can do that. And I pray that you will stay there, listen to that and apply it to your own life. And thank you again so thank much. Thank you Shannon. so much. Thank you. Thanks, Lindsay. And it's been a great day and I appreciate it. 
Thank you for joining us today. I hope you have gleaned something of value that will help you in your day-to-day lives and draw you closer to living fully in who God designed you to be. Until next time, you are beautiful in His sight. If you've been thinking and listening to us and wondering, how can this become a reality in my life? How How can my identity be in Christ? and you've never received him, I'd like to give you the opportunity to do that right now by praying a sinner's prayer. It's a very simple prayer, and it goes like this. Lord, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for going to the cross and dying for my sins. I open up my heart. I ask you to come in. Please forgive me for everything that I've done and help me to walk with you as I follow you in my life. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to connect with you and help you as you start your life in Christ. Please visit thebestnews.org.